You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode number 223. And today we're talking about why you need stress in your life and how to use stress to feel more energized, lose weight, and get healthier overall. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but promise you. You're going to want to stay tuned to hear all of the details about why stress can be good and necessary in our lives. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Schirm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Schirm. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa. This is a place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. I'm so pumped you're here in the middle of this energy series. And I have heard from so many of you about how you are loving this podcast series, maybe how it gave you a new fresh perspective on what it means to be healthy and kind of changing your whole thought process on how easily and simply you can start to incorporate some of these practices in your life not as another system that you have to follow, but simply viewing it for what your body needs, whether it's providing energy or whether it's taking it away. And today, we're going to continue on with that conversation as we talk about stress. Now, I just want to forewarn you that this episode is not like a lot of other conversations you've probably had around the topic of stress. Most of the time, stress is viewed as negative, as something that we want to get rid of or avoid or work to reduce in our life. Now, I do understand that, yes, in some cases, stress actually is really harmful for our bodies, but in just having this concept or this notion that we need to avoid stress, I think sometimes it creates more stress, right? Like the stress of the stress becomes the real issue, not the stress itself. So today we're going to start to break down stress in a new perspective, hopefully freeing you up to live your life more and really start to see the change that you want to see inside your body. Because I'll tell you this, it actually takes stress in order to change your body. So you're going to want to stay tuned as we dive into all of that on today's episode. But I know that this is a big topic and one that can be a little bit more challenging to like really soak in especially in the world that we're coming through, where stress is considered so negative and so bad. So over in the show notes, I've linked up a whole lot of resources and research studies that will help you understand that not all stress is bad. And in fact, stress is very necessary for the human life. So make sure you head to the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 223 to get all the information on today's show, as well as a few more pointers I can give you on utilizing stress to your benefit. Also, while you're over there, make sure you follow along with all the other podcasts in this series. They started on episode 219, so go back and listen to those. It is a really great series, and I hope it's starting to open your eyes to understand your body, not just in its systems, but how your mind, body, and soul are working together to utilize the energy to live thriving, to live in health and abundance, and to go out and live your purpose, not being strapped to your health. So again, you can find all the episodes over in the show notes at simperitswellness.com or just scroll back in whatever service you're using to stream this podcast. 
And the last thing I want to tell you is if you're loving the series, please share it with your friends and family. I have loved the energy series. I think it's a totally transformed way of looking at health. I think it breaks it down into simple practices that are not overwhelming or restrictive or put you in some kind of box that you're not. This is personalized health, and this is exactly why it works. So if you wouldn't mind doing me a favor, I would love if you would share these podcasts with your friends and family. Take a screenshot of the episode, share it on social media, tell people why you're loving it, and encourage them to join along. Or just share it with your friends. Talk about what you're learning with other people and be the change this world needs. We need a multitude of voices going out into the world to help other people understand that true and lasting health is not some far off thing that we have to reach or achieve, but we can find that right now in little simple shifts that we make in our everyday life. So again, I would love if you shared this with your friends and family, leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast. It really does mean the world to me. But for now, let's dive into stress, shall we? Stress, right? Like stress is a an interesting, sometimes a heavy topic of like, I know that stress is in our lives. I know that stress is not always good, but I can't seem to escape the stress of my life. And therefore, talking about stress can induce more stress. Again, I don't always think that it's the stress or the anxiety or whatever it is that you're facing that is the actual problem, but it's the stress about the stress or it's the anxiety about being anxious that actually leads to the detriment that those things bring. In themselves, whether it's stress or anxiety, and not that we're talking about anxiety today, but those things in our bodies are actually not bad. They are designed and birthed and formed in us for a very significant purpose. In fact, without these stress responses inside of our body, we would not be surviving, especially to the age that most humans survive to. It just would be impossible without the survival network of biological systems that are in place to keep you alive. The stress response inside of our body, while most view it as bad, is actually the most life-saving system that you have in your body. Now, if we're continuously tapping into what I consider to be survival mode, this is not necessarily going to do a lot of great things for your body and therefore stress over the long haul can cause a lot of detrimental effects. In fact, stress in the form of bad stress or what some consider chronic stress is a very, very common linkage to nearly every single disease process happening inside of our body because of the amount of energy that stress is taking away from other aspects of your biology, like your digestive system and your immune response and your brain power. I mean, think about this. The majority of Americans today are struggling with microbiome deficiencies, right? That we have in an imbalance in gut bacteria and we have food allergies on the rise and autoimmune conditions, not to mention we're struggling with brain fog and um, we can't get to sleep or sleep well at night. All of these things are in association with high stress lifestyle or what some consider chronic stress. And I just want to be upfront. Chronic stress is not good. But again, are we self-inducing stress, making it so much worse just based off the perspective that we have about the stress? I really want you to think about this as we continue on in this topic because I'm here at the beginning of the show telling you all the reasons why stress is bad, but in the end, we have to be stressed in order to see 
healthy change happen inside of our body. So this can be a really fine line, but I hope it opens up a lot of aha moments for you so you can really start to capitalize on the stress that's in life, using it for good rather than for bad. So let's just break down what happens to stress inside of the body. Now, regardless of what form of stress it is, whether it's classified as good stress or what in science is called eustress, the EU comes from the Greek word good. So we have good stress or bad stress. Some people call this distress. Um, But what happens inside of our body, no matter what kind of stress it is, is that you're going to start to send out a biological response, meaning your hormones are going to change, your neurotransmitters are going to change, your electrical impulses. All of this is going to form around the stress that's being induced on your body. So let's just say, for instance, you're just sitting in your chair, you're watching TV and Netflix, you're in a pretty relaxed state. You're in what we call thriving state. Not to say that all thriving happens sitting on the couch watching Netflix. There are plenty of other ways to thrive, including in stress response. And this is what's going to be so fascinating and so important. But let's just go back to the the example, right? You're just sitting there, hanging out, not really stressed. You're just, you know, sitting parasympathetic mode. You're really just enjoying life. And all of a sudden, you hear someone break into your house and they have a loaded gun, right? And so what happens is you probably naturally respond. You respond in panic. You respond in a stress state. Now, if you were truly panicked, you would probably be fumbling around and doing all sorts of things, maybe not even being able to truly figure out what you should be doing. But because your stress response happens in a subconscious and unconscious level, you are naturally going to go to work saving yourself without you ever having to be conscious of the steps that you're taking. So you might be surprised after all this incident that you really did handle yourself quite well given the situation at hand, right? You weren't in chaotic mode. You were scared, but you were still able to act. Now, again, what happens when a burglar, maybe, God forbid, breaks into your house with a loaded gun, right, is that you perceive a threat and therefore your body goes to massive lengths in order to mobilize energy so that you can act on that stress, meaning that your biology is going to recognize that there is a threat, that there is a safety concern, and therefore it's going to start to release all of these survival hormones like cortisol and adrenaline, both of which get your attention and focus, but also start to mobilize stored energy to be used in case you need to fight that person off or run away. It's the energy you need for the heightened response that's happening in your life. If you were in parasympathetic mode, most likely you would not actually be able to release enough energy in order to kick in the endorphins or the adrenaline rush that you would need to actually escape. Have you ever heard of like stories about people who, you know, they've had a car roll on someone and one one uh, woman was able to lift the car up just enough for that person to crawl back out, right? And you think, how is that possible? That is the sheer strength of what your body is doing under stress. It is mobilizing enough energy, which creates enough force for many people to lift cars off of other people in time of need. Now, that doesn't last, right? Like in time, that e- initial energy rush is going to diminish and it's actually going to cause a wave of exhaustion if it's not channeled in a healthy direction. And this is where things change. But again, inside of the body, if we go back to the biology of stress, what we know is that your body is 
biologically responding to that stress response as a threat, and therefore it's mobilizing hormones that it needs to produce energy, all the while conserving energy in unnecessary systems that your body doesn't technically need for survival, channeling it all into a direction of survival. So if we really look at the stress response and we see the survival mechanisms at play, what we can find inside of the body is that generally under stress, your heart rate goes up, your breath rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, your energy levels or the free glucose in your bloodstream increases. But on the flip side, what we can also find is that your digestive system doesn't work as well and your reproductive system diminishes. Your ability to become fertile goes away, as does many other functions, including parts of your immune system. Kind of like when the stress response happens, the immune system that's working throughout the entire course of your body, it retreats to parts of your liver, um, leaving that the only true source of immune response in your body. And so we do find that while in the short term and that these things are good and necessary, if we have chronic stress in our life or bad stress in our life, that has been associated with uh, irritable bowel syndrome, right? Uh, With gut microbiome issues, it's been associated with heartburn and acid reflux and weight gain. It's also been associated with sickness and disease and inflammation because your immune system isn't working well. It's been associated with a lack of fertility or in both men and women that they're not releasing the right amounts of hormones in order to actually reproduce. Why? Because your body does not need to reproduce in a time of stress. That is a survival mechanism. We do not need to pump energy into organ systems that are unnecessary simply to keep you alive. Now, you can see how this can be quite beneficial when you actually need the rush of hormones and the rush of energy, say, when something's when you're being chased or when you need to lift a car off of someone, right, um, in these quick times of, of stress. Now, the problem, like I said, is that most people do not need quick bouts of adrenaline-rushed energy. And I say that because the stress that we're encountering today is no longer sheer physical stress, but the majority of the stress that we're encountering today is considered mental or emotional stress. We're stressed at work. We're stressed about our relationships. We're stressed about our health. We're stressed about our finances. We have a whole host of stressors in our life. And while you might think, didn't people 100, 200 years ago, before stress was really even on the radar of someone, did they too not struggle with these things? They absolutely did. But the difference between those things and what we're suggesting today is that when people had mental stress, it was often associated also with physical stress. And what we know about today about stress and why it's become a bigger issue is because we're no longer combining physical stress and mental stress. Meaning we're having stress when we're sitting at our desk, when we're laying in bed at night, when we're not moving our bodies. But if we know about stress is that it's mobilizing energy, anytime you're having a stressful situation, that means you're flooding your body with all this glucose. But if your body doesn't need energy to burn in that moment, what happens then to that energy? It gets channeled back into a more unhealthy direction. It gets channeled back often into body fat stores. 
It floods your body with a mass amount of energy, leaving you crashed and more broken than you started simply because you didn't utilize that energy in a healthy way or the intended way that stress was supposed to be. So really, the big issue with stress today is not that we have more stress or that um, stress in itself is damaging and we should try at all costs to escape it and avoid it. No, no, no. That's leading to more stress. The real problem is, is that we've taken the physical element away from the stress and now we've just have sedentary stress. We have mental and emotional stress without any physical stress on our body. And this is leading to massive harm inside of our bodies and where good stress comes into the picture. This is why good stress is going to be so critically important in changing your body for the best because here's the kicker. Your body is designed for stress. Now, it's not saying that we should live in stress 100% of the time, but the human design is in order to kind of um, take in stress, but also be able to manage that stress, to use it for good, not for bad. But the only way we can do that is if we add a physical element of stress to our body. And that's what's going to be really important. But before we get into that, uh, adding a physical element and really talking about good stress, I really want to back up again and start to understand that if the majority of the stress inside of our bodies is actually emotional or mental stress, sedentary stress as I call it, then we must also start to understand what is the root cause of that. While we came from a place of managing stress and, you know, our, our bodies have been designed and adapt to handle stress for thousands of years since the beginning of creation. What we know about stress, though, is that the majority of the time that we really encountered stress, there was that physical element. And what the physical element allowed was for that energy flow to be channeled in a direction of protection and health rather than channeled without being used, therefore rechanneled into a negative or unhealthy direction. It's basically saying to your body, there's stress, there's stress, there's stress, but it's, if it's mental or sedentary stress, your body's going to do the right and healthy thing for you, and it's going to release all of this adrenaline and all of this sugar in order for your body to have the energy to go to work, to do the thing that your body needs to do in order to overcome the stress. But when you don't need that energy, you're kind of telling your body, no, 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 you know, I'm stressed, but you're making this worse. I'm stressed, but I can't trust you. I'm stressed, but I, this is no good, right? You're kind of berating your body and the process of it doing something that it needs to do for survival. Now, I know it's weird to think like, oh, I'm having negative conversations against my body, but think about it. How much inner chatter is happening inside of your brains every single day that's belittling your body, that's belittling and putting down and bullying the beauty that your body is. Stop and think for a moment about your body. You might not like it. You might not like or you might think that you have a weight problem. You might have health issues, inflammation, disease, all of those things. But I want you to stop and think, are you alive? 
Yes, if you're listening, you're alive, right? It might not be in a place that you want to be alive, but I do think that at some level, we have to learn to appreciate the beauty and the longevity and the tenacity that our inner workings of our body has in order to truly keep us alive. I mean, we're all here. We're all functioning at probably a higher rate than we actually give our bodies credit. Now, if we can start to truly appreciate the work and the load that your body carries in any given day, I think you can start to then see what it needs. Instead of looking at it as this evil bearing thing that's so against you, you can start to see with fresh eyes, understand, hey, I don't like the weight, but I'm starting to recognize how this body weight has protected me, how this extra fat has allowed my body to stay safe, to feel okay in times of uncertainty. And maybe then you can start to understand what does my body actually need to feel safe? Instead of acting out of hate towards your body, which so many people are, I know a lot of people think self-love is selfish and so we kind of avoid that, but the opposite of that is simply self-hate. We either have self-love or self-hate and the majority of the people are living in self-hate, telling your body over and over and over and over again how worthless it is and how um, unhealthy it is and how unlovable it is and overweight and we, we... constantly berate our body. And in the end, we treat our body with disrespect rather than coming back in and loving it. And whether disrespect means I've already failed today, I've fallen off the wagon, therefore I'm going to eat whatever I want and and down this can of pop. Or on the flip side, it says, I'm going to beat my body into submission. I'm going to hate myself healthy, which by the way, no one in the history of the world has ever hated themselves healthy. The only way we will utilize our body's energy and the abundance of energy that we have well is to start to recognize how your body uses that to keep you alive, to keep you functioning, and to keep you safe. When you start to help it be safe, when you help to provide security and nourishment for your body, which is the ultimate form of security for your body, then your body lets down the guards. It starts to let down um, the guards that weight has provided. It lets down the guards of inflammation has provided. And it really helps your body to clean all of that up and release it so that you can be filled with good things. Now, I know that's a rant, but again, I really, really, really want you to see that stress and, and all of it even if it's turned out completely awful for your body, that is still your body doing the most loving thing it can for you, and that is keeping you alive. You might not like it, and in the case you don't like the outcome that's been created from the stress, then you have to go back and understand, how can I change my view of stress, which is ultimately the problem and the root cause of most mental stress is actually the perspective of stress so that I can change my perspective and use that stress for good, use that stress to respect my body and honor my body. Yes, there is a big difference. And really, the bottom line is, is the root cause of all negative stress, unless it has to do with prolonged physical stress, which we're going to talk about later, is simply a perspective shift that happens inside of your brain. So let's break this down really quickly. And I do, I promise, I have some really good points for you on how to help your body in this category and use stress to start to see results that you want to see. But again, our perspective is always the starting point for what 
reaction our body undergoes, whether it's one of survival or one of thriving. Our perspective of the situation that we're living in is going to determine if our body feels threatened because our mind feels threatened or if it feels safe. It all stems from your perspective. Just to give you an example of this, like in the world that we're living today, we have very um, opposite opinions happening, right? There's rarely anyone in the middle anymore. We're all living kind of on these extremes. Now, you might think your extreme is better than someone else's extreme, but really, if we get to the root of it, the extreme that we've chosen, and maybe you haven't, good for you if you haven't, but the extreme that people are choosing is coming from a perspective. And that perspective is going to be based in one of fear or a lack of fear. People right now who tend to have a perspective of fear, they're going to react differently. And in their biological reaction, that's going to create action that creates their behavior and therefore their outcome. On the flip side, if people are acting not out of fear, a different biological response happens, creating action and an outcome. And that is going to be different on both sides. But again, it all starts from the perception of what's happening around us. Now, our perception is going to be built not just in reality. Like, let's be very, very clear about that. Perception is not necessarily reality because we're all going to get a very different snapshot of what is actually happening around us. And this is going to be based on the patterns that are happening inside of our brain. So the majority of the people have different patterns or some people call them cycles or feedback loops that have been happening over time inside of your body and in your brain. And these patterns are going to be based on past memories, past experiences, any kind of trauma. It's also going to be based in beliefs and maybe even your your vision of the future. All of that is going to come together in these loops to create perceptions. Now, if you happen to be someone who falls maybe into more of the negative mind space where you have a lot of fear, maybe you have a lot of past baggage or past trauma, or you just kind of have this chaotic view or fear of the future, what's going to happen with your perception is that it's your mind's been cycling through these negative cycles and repeated negative biological patterns. And so what happens is your perception naturally is probably going to fall in a lower energy level or what we consider more of the negative mind space. Again, these tend to happen because of patterns based off your past. Now, on the flip side, if you tend to be like a glass overfilling kind of person, you know, a glass half full, then what happens with your mind is that you've probably been trained and conditioned to be more positive. Your past maybe was a little more positive. Maybe you've dealt with any traumas or some people consider them demons of your past, right? And you have a pretty good outlook, a lot of meaning for the future. You tend to have more positive patterns. Therefore, your perspective is naturally going to be more positive. Now, why I bring this up is because it's really, really important to understand how you've conditioned your mind. And it's not to berate you or shame you or make you feel guilty. This is survival. If in the past you've lived through a lot of traumatic things, naturally your body is going to be more in tuned to negative things. So it's not always because you chose this, but it's because someone failed to tell you that you could choose otherwise. 
So I'm here to tell you that if you're living in negative cycles inside of your brain, if that uh, movie reel that's going on tends to be that of fear and uncertainty and chaos um, and a need to control, you're living in negative patterns, which means your perspectives about everything that's happening in the world are naturally going to be negative. When those cycles are negative, you then release stress response and association with those negative perspectives. And it's in that negative cycle that that stress response has a negative input in your life, meaning it's going to do more harm than good. On the flip side, if you take the exact same situation and you put it in a pattern of someone who has conditioned their brain to be more positive, they're going to completely have a different view of the stress that's happening at hand, and they can spin that in a positive way. And that can become a good stress in their life. That stress or the bad stress aspect of that loses its power, and they then use the hormones that are released in response to that good stress to be used as good, to connect with others, to give to others, to nourish their bodies. And again, it all stems from a perspective, and your perspective is going to be based on how you've conditioned your mind. And good stress and bad stress are always going to be here found in the root of all of it being your perspective. So one, if you really want to overcome the idea and the notion that that all stress in life is bad, you have to go back and understand that it is in your power to condition your brain in a different way. You do have a choice whether your brain is negative or positive. And the first tip that I can give you is just to understand that because you have this perspective or you have these thoughts or these feelings and emotions, it does not mean that you are those things. It does not mean that you have to believe those things. It does not mean you have to act in those things. So let me give you an example of that, right? You might be feeling sad, but just because you're feeling sad does not make you a sad person. You may be feeling fat, but just because you feel fat does not mean you are a fat person. We have to let go of the negative labels that we slap on our life, which create limiting beliefs and literally make us stuck in these negative patterns, meaning no matter what is thrown at your life, it will be a stress because we see life as stress. I don't know if I'm making sense. I wish I could see your face and like be here and hold your hand through this process, but I want to be very, very, very clear. Your perspective is going to change everything about how your body responds, whether good or bad. And we are making the choice on whether that's negative or positive. It is our choice what we do with the stress. Even when things are outside of our control, when they're not just mental and emotional things, like we can't control the way our boss talks to us. We can't control what our spouse did in the relationship. We can't control if you drive up in an accident and have to help. We can't control what's happening to the economy, which is point number one. We have to let go of trying to control the outside world. And you know why we want to do that, right? We want to control all the things in our outside world so we don't disturb what's inside of us. But the only thing that we absolutely can change is what's inside of us. And you have to understand that those things inside of you do not have power over you. You can rise above them. 
You are designed to rise above them. You can't control anything else in this world but what is actually happening inside of your mind. And so go back and allow that power to to be seen in your life, to understand that while you can experience fear, fear does not have to control you. While you can experience a bad interaction with your boss, that does not have to control the biological response that happens on the other side. But you know what happens when we let life control us in the scope of negative stress and a bad perspective is that we give all of these negative things in life, we give away our power. We literally take the energy inside of our body, the abundant amount of energy, and we hand it over to someone else. Meaning that energy that we have, we give it away, leaving less energy to be channeled into the ways of health, channeled into letting your body lose the weight that you're trying to lose, channeled into getting rid of the inflammation and stepping into health and finding joy and happiness. All of those things can be had, but it's a matter of how are you going to choose to channel your energy? And I really, really, really hope that you choose to see that it's all a matter of a perspective. What will your perspective be even if it's a hard situation? Even if we're like, we're all living in an economic crisis, we're all living in the middle of a pandemic and the world wants you to believe that fear can overcome or that fear has overcome. It wants you to live in a state of panic. It wants you to be here uncertain because when we are uncertain, when we are living in fear, we simply hand our power over to someone else rather than using that power that we have within to keep our bodies well, to do good in the world regardless of what's going on and ultimately to find joy because in every situation, what we know is that it's not the environment, it's not the location, it's not what's happening around us that's determining our joy and our happiness and our purpose in life. It simply is in finding meaning and finding purpose and that comes from having positive associations or conditioning your brain to be more positive. Now, you might be thinking, oh, that's easier said than done. But it really isn't. Um, I wanted to believe that it's easier said than done. But again, that was my fear overtaking. That was the negative loops that I conditioned myself into saying that, right? Like I, I, I had to stop myself from believing all of the negative patterns that I saw myself in and start to see life in a different way. Start to recognize that negativity did not have to be my story, that negativity was not who I was, um, and that I could choose to rise above that and truly step into the person I was designed. Now, this is getting much deeper than I had planned, but I hope it's really giving you some insight. Stress in itself is not bad. It's the perspective of stress. And if we start to channel that stress in a good and positive direction, guess what happens? We have intense focus and we have energy to mobilize throughout our body. What we know about stress is that if it's done in the right perspective, it has mass healing properties inside of our body. Let's take fasting, for instance, right? We know that starvation or even low-calorie diets can be a really big detriment to the body. That can become a really negative stress inside of the body, specifically low-calorie or calorie restriction. The reason for that is often you have negative associations about your body, and it's kind of telling your body, well, you're so fat, so I have to do this, right? It's giving negative feedback to your body. It's creating a war. 
But what we truly know about the research of fasting is that in the absence of food, that stress on our body, if we come in the right mind space to that, we know that fasting and the stress that it has inside of our body is so healing. It cleans our cells. It gets rid of debris and toxin. It eats up inflammation. It increases the telomeres on our cell, which we learned about last week. There are so many positive benefits to fasting, but those benefits are only going to be seen if we view and have the perspective that fasting is good. The same thing for exercise. Over-exercising, exercising for the wrong reasons creates a lot of negative stress in our life. Exercising and moving your body for the right reasons is an absolutely critical stress in seeing the results that you want to see. So again, it's the perspective, it's the reason, it's the why, um, and ultimately, it's how you're going to view that. Can you find good in the in the um, stress that your life is bringing, even when it's uncertain? Even when it's hard, how can you find something beneficial in the moment? Because we know that if we allow stress into our lives instead of fight stress, what we know is that is the biggest catalyst for healthy change. Meaning it takes stress in order for you to lose weight. It takes stress in order for your body to eat up inflammation. It takes stress in order to mobilize energy so that you can go out and play and have fun and take a risk and um, be in an adventure. All of that takes stress on your body, but it doesn't seem like stress when you have a positive association to it. And that's really, really what it boils down to. So it's not just about eliminating stress. In fact, we need stress in our bodies in order to see change. So if you just want to list some good stress, right, in our in our lives, good stress can be movement. Um, it can be changing your diet. So underfeeding, overfeeding, it can be fasting, intermittent fasting. Other good stressors can be um, change, getting a new job, taking a risk, signing up for some kind of race. There's all kinds of good stressors. Other ones could be um, doing a presentation, you know, overcoming your stage fright, talking to someone new. All of that induces a stress response. You can feel that. Think about your body. Like even think about standing up on a stage and speaking to 300 people. Some of you might get anxious just at the thought. You're releasing a stress response and the thought of something that makes you nervous But that doesn't mean it has to be bad. You can actually use that to break through into really, really amazing things inside of your body. And again, it comes back to a perspective. So we need good stress in our body to induce change. But even more than allowing good stress, what they found more important than, say, fasting alone is the refeeding process on the other side. And this is how you pull this all together. We're a world who's chasing self-help and self-care and all these things. But what I'm telling you is that it's not just about breaking free and living this ultra relaxed life and, you know, going out into the wilderness or um, quitting your job and traveling around in an RV. Like all those things can be great and sound really good. But our reality is, is we have to be able to live anywhere. We have to build a foundation that is solid and firm and positivity and good healthy loops and good stressors so that when things go crazy, 
we can still stand, right? Foundations are not built for the good days. They're built for the bad days. And we need to build a strong foundation that no matter the situation that we're faced with, we can change our perspective to ultimately choose health, to choose our body, to choose to create self-love time and time and time again, regardless of the situation that we're faced with. This is the ultimate end goal, is that we can see healthy change not as bad things, not as beating your body into submission, but the very answer that you're looking for. So yes, inside of our bodies to create health, we first have to change our perspective. We have to let go of control. We have to let go of the outcome. And we certainly have to let go of the negative associations that we have, the limiting beliefs. We have to step outside of our thoughts, our feelings, and emotions, and just take a step into what some people consider to be the witness seat. It's like you're literally stepping outside of your brain and you're taking a look in. What are those thoughts that I'm having? Are they beneficial? Are they healthy? Are they helpful in any way? And if they're not, that's your point when you can start to transition them. That's when you have control to change that thought into something that is going to be helpful. And that is when you rise above all of these negative associations that you have and move yourself into a positive space. And that's going to take conditioning. Just like working out, it's going to take time and practice. And the more you do it, the better you're going to become at it. The less you do it, the longer it's going to take, right? Um, But you really have to do that. And on the flip side of that, you also have to learn how to nourish your body and nurture your body. So Using stress to your advantage is not just pushing your body into a stress response all the time, but like I said with fasting, it's not just the fasting that's beneficial. In fact, some people consider the refeeding on the other side of the fast that is the most critical. So we have to have this intricate balance of stressing, doing good stress, stepping into stress, but also nurturing and nourishing on the other side of that stress. So it's like, exercise, right? We need to go through periods where we push our body and a period of rest. Fasting, we need to go through a period of fasting and a period of refeeding or a period of under eating and a period of overfeeding. I mean, we have to have this intricate balance. It's not going to be found in extremes. Extremes suck so much energy out of you. But what we know about good stress is it takes and channels that energy into the right direction. It allows this abundance of energy and focus. But on the flip side, it allows you to re-nourish your body and make sure all that energy that you have is being channeled in the most healthy of directions. So again, it's kind of this give or take that's really, really, really important. So with all that being said, like, what do we do? What does this look like? What are those steps? The first step, like I said, is we have to let go of control. The second step is, is we have to step outside of our mind and understand how we can rise above our thoughts, feelings, and emotions and choose to condition our brain to be more positive, to see something good even in the hardest situations. Our number three is then we have to act in a positive way. Remember, our bodies are designed to do. In stress, our bodies are designed to work. So even when you're having a lot of emotional or mental stress, stuff that doesn't require a lot of movement or activity, one thing that you can do in those moments is 
You can, again, step outside those feelings and emotions, try to put a positive spin on it, but add some kind of positive action to the mental and emotional stress that you have. This is where I like to couple movement as therapy. Um, And this is, I mean, they know, it's been studied. Movement is the best way and the healthiest way to channel stress in a good direction. It is so good for our mind, so good for our body. So if you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed or extra emotional, go outside, get some fresh air, which we also know is super beneficial, and walk, move your body, do something active to use that energy rather than kind of trapping that energy and repressing and suppressing that, which is always going to lead to bad things, even sometimes explosions. (laughs) And what I mean by explosions is like emotional explosions. So we have to, again, take a step outside, choose to channel it in a positive direction and attach a positive action to that. It might be taking a bath. It might be um, sitting in a sauna, exercising, doing something with your body is going to make a big difference. Number four is that we need to engage healthy stress. We need to, on some level, trust that stress in itself is not bad, but that we can actively change our perspective of the stress to make it good. So I want you to actively engage stress. Of course, you don't want to do this 100% of the time, but when the the um, the need arises, actively engage the boss who's been um, hurting you, right? Or saying hurtful things. Approach them. Take back your power in some sense. Not in a harsh way or a mean way, but in a respectful, loving way. Other ways you can engage stress, sign up to do the presentation. Try fasting. Engage intermittent fasting. You know, engage stress so that you can learn it's not something to be feared or avoided, but that you can actually accomplish that and feel really amazing on the other side. Number five. I don't even know what number I'm on. Whatever. I'm not sure that I'm on number five. Maybe it's number four. But recover. Allow yourself space in every single day to actively recover on the other side, whether it's like that refeeding idea where fasting is really great, but refeeding on the other side is just as important. You have to actively engage stress, but actively engage recovery on the other side. So maybe if you had um, engaged a lot of stress during the day, you worked out really hard, you had a presentation, you know, you were just kind of mobilizing energy all over the place. One way that you can recover on the other side is to have a slow evening. You know, take a hot bath, read a good book, put away your phone, go to bed earlier, eat a really nourishing meal. Doing things that actively nourish your body in the midst of channeling energy into good stress is exactly the healthy balance that is going to walk you simply and easily into health that you've been looking for. But you have to recover on the other side. Again, if you want to engage in good stress like exercise, do the exercise, do the hard workouts, do the easy workouts, but do not forget to recover on the flip side of that. Some of you might need to work out one day and recover one day. Some of you can work out for four days without taking a recovery day. Do something that allows recovery. And the last tip I want to give you is get better sleep. This is the chicken or the egg, right? Some people believe that not getting enough sleep increases how you will respond to stress in a negative way. And some people believe that it's the negative stress in life that makes you not get enough sleep. 
I think it's both. But either way, what we can know is if we put some emphasis into stress, we will always have better energy management um, and you will open up and free and release some of that energy so that the stressful situations are more manageable. Remember, our bodies are designed and adapt to stress. We can handle a lot of stress. In fact, stress is a really good thing in our bodies. In fact, if we look at men alone, what we know about testosterone levels is that they're significantly dropping in men. And what men need to do in order to boost testosterone is engage in healthy stress. Healthy stress is one of the best ways to increase testosterone levels, like doing physical work or physical jobs or um, exercising, doing something hard, engaging in a business deal, taking a risk. All of those things boost a male's testosterone. It is incredibly critical for their overall well-being. Emotional stress, sedentary stress, on the other hand, negative stress that significantly decreases it. So again, we all need healthy amounts of stress in our bodies. It is extremely important in overall well-being and also in happiness and joy. We know some of the most stressful situations can also bring some of the best feelings on the other side. We also know that a lot of good stress that we we induce, like um, adrenaline-seeking adventures, those take stress. Those take us being willing to step into the stress to have the pleasure on the other side. So again, it's not that stress is bad. Stress is critical. It's simply our perspective and what we're being taught and fed that stress in itself is bad. You know, if we continuously say fixated on the problem that stress is our problem, stress is always going to be a problem, right? Whatever we fixate on and seek as the problem, we'll probably never overcome. We have to get outside of our problems and stop fixating on our problems and really pay more attention to how you can just be healthy on the other side. You know, you might not be where you want to be, but that doesn't mean you are not healthy right now. It does not mean that you cannot act in health right now. Health is a verb. It's an action. It's doing something. And as long as you are choosing to grow and to learn and to be better every day, you, my friend, are healthy. So I hope and all of that, and all of my passion (laughs) that you see, and you're awakened, and you had a lot of ah ahas to say, man, all of this stuff in life that I'm letting weigh me down literally is just stealing my power, and it's no meaning and no purpose in where I want to go. How much time and energy do you use fixating on the things that you do not like about yourself? How much time and energy do you use fixating on the problems that you wish you didn't have? If we invest energy and intention into the very things we do not like, what we're doing is we're keeping them there. We're allowing them to stay because what you feed is what you grow. If we want to overcome the notion and all of the stress in our life, we have to stop giving it the attention and the energy it does not deserve. And instead, start to give that energy and attention to the healthy things of life, to changing your perspective, to um, the good things that you're encountering, to the people you're meeting. Do not give things you do not like more attention and energy than they deserve. And I bet you'll be shocked if you really pay attention to how much you protect the things that you wish would go away. We've got to stop doing that because most of the time, It's not that stress is keeping you stuck. It's that you're keeping yourself stuck and using stress to do that. You're being the victim to stress when you are 
technically well and high above stress. So I hope that you'll uh, look at things differently and that you'll start to understand that stress in itself is not bad, but it's good. And in the process, would you start to engage with healthy stress? Would you start to understand how you can use exercise to increase the energy in your body? Would you start to understand how taking that risk might give you passion and purpose and meaning, which is going to release so much energy to be used as good in your body? Would you start to engage with intermittent fasting or try a 24-hour fast? Engage with the possibility that good stress could be exactly what your body needs to free yourself from the things that you do not like, that you wish would change, and really help you build a foundation of health that you can confidently stand on. Now, I know that this is a big lesson, and we're not just going to stop it here. But next week, I'm going to dive in a little bit more, and we're going to talk about energy and cravings, and it significantly follows along with our perspective. So you're going to want to stay tuned next week because I think we, again, have this bad view about cravings when really cravings in themselves are not bad. It's our perspective of the cravings. So you're going to get the gist that a lot of things in life, like it's the same story over and over. But in the end, I just hope that in some way this frees you. In some way, this allows you to step into health that is right in front of you. It is not some far off fairy tale land that you will never achieve. Every single human being is able to walk in health. Um, It was designed in us. And we just have to get ourselves to be able to do that. And that is by changing our perspective, uncovering healthy practices in our life, and starting to view things differently, starting to change and recondition our brain for positivity. Now, again, that's a big lesson. So make sure you head to the show notes at simbritswellness.com backslash 223 to learn more. If you have more questions, sign up for my email list, send me an email. I am here for you. I want to see you change and I want to see it in the right way, not just another band-aid approach or another system or um, another solution that I can sell you because I've made you fixate on your problems. That is not what I want at all. I want you to walk in true health freedom where health is no longer a problem, so you no longer have to spend time and energy on it. And instead, you can use all of that time and energy to go out and live the purpose you were designed for. That is my hope. That is my prayer. And that is what I absolutely believe for you. And I hope you're believing it for yourself. So thank you so much for tuning in. Sign up for my email list. Let me know if you have questions. Don't forget to come back next week as we talk about cravings. Um, and how we can use our cravings for good and how we can overcome those negative cravings and really step into the people we were designed to be. With all that being said, don't forget to share this with your friends and family. These are messages the world needs to hear. It is transforming the hell space to be that in truth, to, to truly help your body from the inside out, connecting your mind, body, and soul. And also, I know it's really early and I... Um, Wasn't going to tell you for a little while longer, but I think it's necessary to say that I have decided to move my podcast into series, in seasons, meaning that instead of running a podcast every single week, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break these podcasts into chunks. So this summer, we're doing um, a 10-week energy series, and coming this fall, what we're going to do is we're going to do an eight-week sexual education course. 
And yes, it's a podcast series I've had in my mind for years. I've um, I've not done it, um, but I think it's time. I think that what we've been taught about sexual health for men and women is completely wrong. And if you can have a, a, a good understanding of how your body works and how that was designed, how, um, um, how sexual pleasure and intimacy was designed, it can change the entire course of your biology and, again, your energy levels. So we're going to dive into sexual health for men and for women. And I hope that's not weird or squeamish, but you're going to want to stay tuned this fall because it is all the things I assure you, you've probably never heard, but you need to hear. Anyways, spoiler alert, but I think it's going to be really fun and it's going to help me stay focused and not add a bunch of filler podcasts that maybe don't have as as much meaning and depth as I want you to get from the show. So I thank you so much for being a part of Simplest Radio. It literally means the world to me. Um, th- this tribe and this group of people is amazing and, and you are one person here on purpose to take this information and spread it to as many people as you can tell. So thank you so much. And I will be back on next week with another episode of Simple Rich Radio, Breaking Down Cravings. See you then.